taking ground. As you can see behind me, we have cards and even words across the wall today of things that you wrote down and all of our services wrote down in areas that we want to take ground in. You know, many of us wrote down on these cards, I want to be free from uh, addictions. I want to see uh, my relationship with my family restored. I'd like to have a, a better attitude this year. I want to do better financially this year. I want to be able to give more. I want to be able to save more. I want to be free from pornography. I want to be free from uh, uh, depression. This year, I'd like to take ground in uh, just having a better attitude, just being more kind. So many amazing goals. And I want to say this, Last week when y'all did this, when you wrote down on the cards, if you're new this week, we welcome you. But for those who've been coming to the series, we've been talking about the power of just writing down where you want to take ground. That you, you can't take ground on what you haven't written down. And it's amazing how honest we were just on all these cards. Even the front and the back of these boards are covered with cards, thousands of cards that we said, God, this year. I'm asking you to give me the power to take ground in these areas. I'm asking you to help me have victory in these areas. And it's amazing. It's inspiring. As your pastor, I was so inspired. I was in tears this last week with our other team pastors as we were praying over every single card, reading the cards, just praying over every dream, every goal, every uh, 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 desire that God's put inside you this year to see fulfilled. And we believe this is your year to take ground. Come on, somebody. It's not time to bunker down. It's time to take ground. It's not time to shrink back and give up. It's time to move forward, press in, and take ground on the areas God's called you to take ground in. As we're standing, we're going to just look at a scripture together. Then we're going to pray and say a confession. And we're going to look at Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 through 2. If you got a Bible, pull it out, or a Bible on your phone, pull it out. We believe there's power in the Word of God. We think it can transform your life. And so we get into the Word. You know, we've been taking ground just getting in the Bible this, this year. We gave out Bible reading plans. If you didn't get one, there's Bible reading plans in the lobby. Just these little uh, uh, pamphlet papers that help you take ground this year in reading your Bible, giving you a, a plan each day, which chapters to read. Um, and so we look at this story, the story of Joshua. We've been studying Joshua during this series of taking ground because Joshua in the Bible was a guy just like you and me that God chose to say, hey, Joshua, it's time to take ground. Joshua, it's time to rise up, and it's time to take ground. And so God was leading Joshua and all these Israelites. The first area that they would take ground in would be Jericho. And it says in Joshua 6, verse 1, now Jericho was securely shut up because the children of Israel showed up. Come on. When the people of God show up, the enemy gets scared. When the people of God wake up, the enemy starts trembling. When the people of God rise up, the enemy says, I don't think we can handle it. It says that Jericho was so afraid because the children of Israel were camped right outside of Jericho. So they wouldn't let anyone in or let anyone out. And they were scared because they knew God was giving Jericho over to the Israelites. And it says, verse 2, God spoke to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. This morning, I want to talk to you about the ground that God's called you to take and how to take that ground. How to take the ground that God's given you to take this year, whatever area it is. And why I'm so excited to have 24-7 TFS in the house representing... They got some pictures, I guess, up here of our babies and my wife. Awesome. 
and uh, grateful for our youth group. Man, I'm so thankful for the student ministries of Victory. They are changing our city. One child, one teenager at a time, changing schools and turning the city on fire for Jesus. So if you have a teenager and you haven't plugged them in to 24-7, now's the time to get connected at the start of the year. Get involved in a group that's passionate about Jesus, passionate about advancing God's kingdom. Hey, we welcome all the new people here today. We're so glad you're here. And we're going to say a victory declaration that we say every week. And this is just an expectation to say, Lord, speak to me today. So we believe that the best days for you and for us are still in front of us. We're going to say it together on the count of three. Here we go. One, two, three. I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. Hold on one second. We're going to do what these guys are doing. Grab hands with the person next to you and lift it high up in the air. You didn't know you were going to get to hold their hand today. But that person next to you is a VIP, and as you're holding up their hand, we're declaring over each other. Let's say it together. I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Give someone a high five. Say, take ground, take ground, take ground. You can be seated this morning. Praise God. Thank you, Ben. I'm going to call you all up in just a little bit. Man, there's just something powerful about being in God's house, being in God's presence, around God's people, being around people of faith. You know, I was thinking as I was looking at these cards, something that God spoke to me was, Paul, in order for people to take ground this year, they must be grounded. In order for people to take ground in these areas, they must be grounded. So the title of the message today is Get Grounded. Get Grounded. And you might be saying, well, Paul, what do, what do I need to get grounded in? And what does that mean to get grounded? To be grounded means to be firmly established. It means to be stable, founded on, rooted in, strongly connected to, consistent in. You know, I was thinking about, uh, for me, I love trees. And I, 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 in fact, when me and Ashley bought our house just a few years ago, the first thing I did is I went down to a tree farm and I got 18 trees. I know, <laughs> they were baby trees. They were like $5 a tree. But you know, a baby tree has the potential to grow into an adult tree. With the right nutrients, the right soil, the right sunlight, the right water, that tree can grow. And so I planted 18 trees and we got a small yard. Ashley was like, are you trying to build a forest out here? I was like, yes, I am. I love to see things grow. I love to study why things grow, how things grow. And so I began to study trees. And I discovered that there are certain trees that will grow more based on what they're connected to. So I want us to look at this real quick. Thanks, Miriam. I'll call you back up in just a little bit. But look at this. This is the redwood forest. And a lot of people will look at a huge redwood tree and they'll say, um, you know, it's standing all by itself. But what you don't realize is the root system beneath the surface of the redwood forest is what gives strength for each tree to grow. The redwood trees are connected beneath the surface. Their roots connect to each other, bringing nutrients and encouragement. You didn't know that trees needed encouragement too. 
But those trees, they pull the nutrients from each other, the juice, and they're sucking from the soil the right stuff, and they're helping each other grow. In fact, when a small tree is growing between some of these large trees and it's not able to get the right sunlight, the large trees help produce the right nutrients to help that small tree not die before it's time for it to grow. And so what's happening beneath the surface eventually begins to happen above the surface. Some of y'all have been waiting for your breakthrough and you've been grounded in the right place and this is your year to sprout what's been happening beneath the surface is about to sprout above the surface. In fact, there's one tree called the Chinese bamboo tree and for five years, that tree will be underground. Not this tree. We'll come back to that one in just a little bit. But there is a tree called the Chinese bamboo tree. And this tree will be planted in the ground and nothing will happen for five years. For five years, nothing happens. Each year, someone's waiting for, for the sprout to happen. Nothing happens. But beneath the soil, that thing is beginning to build a root system. And finally, on its fifth year, it sprouts and it begins to grow and grow fast. It ends up growing over 60 feet, sometimes 70, 80 feet tall in that sixth year. And some of you have been waiting to take ground in an area. And you, I'm telling you, it starts by being grounded. As you're grounded in God's word and you're grounded in God's house and you're grounded in relationships that are going to help you grow. By the way, relationships are like elevators. They're either taking you up or they're taking you down. This year, if you're going to take ground, everybody say, get grounded. Come on, say it with me. Get. If you're going to take ground, you've got to get. If you're going to take ground, you've got to get. So two areas to get grounded in this year is grounded in godly relationships and grounded in godly beliefs. I believe these are two keys that God speaks to Joshua in order for him to take ground in Jericho. He's got he's to be surrounded by the right people. And then he's got to have the right beliefs on the inside. He's got to ground himself, establish himself with the right core beliefs and with the right people around him. People are like elevators. They will take you up or they will take you down. Proverbs 13, 20 says, hang with wise people and you will become wiser. But spend time with foolish people and your life will be destroyed. Here's one way to put it. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. Because friendships and the people we spend time with, whether you call them friends or coworkers or family... <laughs> Those people are going to determine the quality and the direction that your life heads. I remember when I was in elementary and I was spending time with this young guy and uh, uh, me and him were in the same grade and he was my only friend. I loved hanging out with him. But when I would go over to his apartment where he lived, I remember the movies he watched, the music he listened to, the words he would say, the way he treated his mom was not the kind of stuff that, that my family taught me to watch, listen to, and the way to treat my mom. And so I would leave his house and I would end up mimicking some of the same things he said I would say back to my mom. Well, my family started noticing something's wrong here. The pattern of when Paul hangs out with this young boy, he comes back and he's more rebellious. He, he's, he's wanting to get into more trouble. He's wanting to watch things he shouldn't watch. He's wanting to listen to things he shouldn't listen to. And so my parents said, you know, Paul, we want you to find some stronger friends in your life. You can still love this guy. You can still be nice to this guy. You don't need to be rude to him. But we want you to spend time, spend less time with that person and more time with the right people. Well, during that time, I didn't have any good other close friends. 
So there was a season where I wasn't able to hang out with this guy who I was friends with because my parents knew that my destiny was more important than uh, an approval addiction to try and you know win everybody's approval or make everybody like us. So they said, you know, we're going to spend less time with that person. You can still love them, but spend less time. Well, when I cut off the wrong relationship, God eventually brought in the right relationship. And that next year, I met a guy named Daniel Mao who now plays guitar on stage. He's been my friend for the last 20 years now. And uh, we, we've been able to sharpen each other and we've been able to help each other grow. He's been like a redwood tree that's been bringing encouragement and life and hope into my destiny. Here's the point. If you want to get good friends, you're going to have to cut out some wrong friends in your life. It's not bad to show people the door. Some of us are too afraid of losing someone's approval that we would rather keep an approval than pursue God's plan for our life. We'd rather keep someone in our life and not hurt their feelings than actually pursue the destiny God's called us to reach. Not everybody is going to be able to cross over into the promised land with you. If anybody knew this, this point, it was Joshua. Because Joshua knew that 40 years prior to this scripture, he was among some people who just didn't have the faith to go into the promised land. Him and Caleb, man, in Numbers 13, verse 30, it said that Joshua and Caleb were full of faith, that they were ready to go into the promised land. They said, hey, God's given us ground. Let's rise up at once and let's take possession of this land. But it said that the other people that were surrounding Joshua and Caleb, they brought back a negative report. They said, we're too small. We're like grasshoppers. There's no way we're going to conquer these addictions. There's no way that we're going to be debt free. There's no way that we could see these goals reached or start this business or uh, have a healthy marriage. We just come from the wrong families. In fact, they talked the people of Israel out of taking ground. And so they remained in the wilderness for the next 40 years. Joshua and Caleb they were the minority of positivity and a majority of negativity. But they held on to their belief. It was like Joshua and Caleb were sharpening each other. And some of you are in a workplace right now, an environment where there's a lot of negativity. There's poison. There's just toxicity. You're surrounded with people who don't love God, who don't have a desire to see you grow. But the good news is if you'll hold on to your confession, if you'll be grounded in God's house, grounded in God's word, God's going to bring the right people into your life at the right time, and he's going to give you power to take ground. The question is, are you willing to cut off the wrong relationships so you can connect to the right relationships? Joshua 6 verse 1 is a key towards taking ground because God said, Joshua, Jericho is afraid because the people that are around you. Jericho is afraid because the people of God are camped right outside of it. God was saying, I'm giving Jericho not just to you, Joshua. I'm giving Jericho to the people that you've surrounded yourself with. See, what God's called you to do, it's not just for you. It's for the people around you. It's for the generations that will follow you. When I think about this month, someone who took a stand, who took ground personally, not knowing that it would take ground for our entire nation, Martin Luther King Jr., he took a stand. He realized there's something wrong. There's racism in our country. We're treating people of a different color wrong. And so he took a stand. He took ground. And today we've been able to take ground in our nation. Now there's still more ground to take. But I think about, man, this guy, he took a stand. Can we honor him just for a moment? Church, 
God has put a dream inside your heart and he's saying, if you'll take ground for this area that I've called you to take ground in, you're gonna affect future generations. You're gonna affect your children and your children's children. He's looking for a brave man that will take a stand. He's looking for a brave woman that will take a stand and say, I'm not staying in the wilderness. I'm not staying on this side of the Jordan. As long as I'm alive, I will take ground. I will cross over. I will see victory in this area in my life. So it's about our godly relationships, and it's about our godly beliefs. It's being grounded in God's word. You know, I saw this picture of these lions, and they were uh, walking towards their prey, and it says, surround yourself with those on the same mission as you. <laughs> Can I hear a roar in this place? Church, when you come here, you are hanging out with lions. We are leaders, and we are hungry to see victory in our life. We are hungry to see God's revival in our city. We are hungry to see a movement like we've never seen before. When you come to victory, you're on an elevator that only goes up. When you come to victory, you're surrounding yourself with people who are going to charge you, sharpen you, challenge you, say, yes, you can. Our God is able. Nothing is impossible. I'm telling you, the environment you ground yourself in is going to produce whether you ever take ground. That's why it's so important to be in church. That's why it's so important to surround yourself with people of God. Surround yourself with people on the same mission as you. What does it mean to be grounded? It means to be consistently established and founded in. You've got to find people who want to go the same direction that you're called to go. This is why Sunday night groups is so important. We're launching this to help you, to find a group. When you think about, hey, I want to take ground this year in my marriage, well, then you need to surround yourself with some people who want to take ground in their marriage. You need to stop hanging out with married couples that are always talking about affairs and divorce and cutting down each other and never encouraging each other. You need to surround yourself with some couples that are going to sharpen you and say, yes, you can stay faithful, and yes, your marriage can be restored. And for teenagers in the room this year, you're saying, man, I want to take ground on my thought life. I want to be pure this year. I want to be free from addictions. I want to get free from some drug addictions, from porn addictions, from uh, uh, stuff I shouldn't be doing, get out of toxic relationships, then surround yourself with people like TFS that are going to challenge you and pull you into a group and be a mentor in your life. If you're wanting to take ground in your finances this year, figure out some people who are taking ground in that area. Look for a Sunday night group that says, hey, financial peace. I could sign up for that this year. I could get connected. I'm convinced that the reason we don't take ground oftentimes is because we don't ground ourselves with other people who want to take ground too. We try to hold on to relationships that are dragging us down instead of helping us take ground. You know, I was at ORU, um, and there was a group of friends. It's wild how you can be in a Christian environment and still find the wrong crowd. <laughs> but I was at ORU, and I love ORU, and I'm, I'm back there getting my master's, but I was hanging out with these guys, and I noticed they started shaping my beliefs. They started uh, convincing me of things that... They were, they were changing the way that I had been raised. It was like they were telling me, no, you don't need to believe in that. Speaking in tongues, it's not for today. And they were literally changing my faith. The more I was, I was the minority in a group that was majority uh, 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 convinced that a lot of the things I believed was wrong. And when you hang out with people who uh, make up the majority of something, they're eventually going to start conforming you to be like them. 
Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. The people you spend the most time with are gonna drive the direction of your life. They're gonna influence who you vote for. They're gonna influence the, the morals that you have, the standards that you set. They're gonna influence the places that you go, the movies that you watch, the music that you listen to, the, the, uh, the quality of your life. And that's what started happening. And I didn't realize it until I was sitting in a church service and somebody was talking about the power of relationships. And they were talking about how iron sharpens iron and so another man sharpens his friend. And I realized I was in relationships with these guys that were good guys. And you can be around people who are good people, but they're steering you the wrong direction. And I realized in that message, I'm going to need to spend less time with these people. I can still love them at a distance. I can still love them at a distance. It doesn't mean that I'm just rude, that I say, I don't want to see you ever again. It just means I'm going to spend less time in that crowd because it's shaping me the wrong way. And praise God, when I started distancing myself, I started connecting with other guys who were spirit-filled, faith-filled, charging me to go on missions trips, encouraging me on the gifts that God had put inside me. And I, I changed back into who God had called me to be. I was able to find my true north. But I'm telling you today, the power of being grounded in godly relationships is going to determine whether you take ground this year. I want you to just think about who you spend the most time with and who maybe you should spend less time with so you can take ground in those areas. Who are you spending time with that you shouldn't be spending time with as, or as much time with them that's having an effect and influence on your life? And then be thinking about this. God told Joshua, not only have I given you and all these people ground to take together, but I'm calling you to see something before it happens. Joshua 6, verse 2. He says, I want you to ground yourself in a belief of something that hasn't happened yet. He says this, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. Now stop there. It hasn't happened yet. Jericho hasn't been given to Joshua yet. But what was God saying? He wasn't saying see it in the natural. He was saying see it in the supernatural. You've got to see it in here before you see it out there. Because eventually your belief will become your reality. If you believe I can take ground, I can walk in victory, I can be healthy, I can lose weight, I can get stronger, I can have a pure thought life, I can have healthy relationships. If you'll believe you can, God says you'll see on the outside what you believe on the inside. It's just a matter of time. Think about those trees that have been grounded, they're established. What's happening beneath the surface, it's only a matter of time before it surfaces on top. What have you grounded your beliefs in? What have you grounded yourself in this year? Have you grounded yourself in maybe a belief of, I'm unqualified, I'm unworthy, I'll never find good friends. I might as well just settle where I'm at. See, the people of Israel, they missed out on the promised land, the previous generation, because they got caught settling in a mindset of where they were at. They were remainers because they were complainers and they became destiny restrainers. They stayed in a desert because in their mind they had accepted this is as good as it gets. I don't see anything greater than this. We're not big enough to, to conquer these addictions. We're not strong enough to take this promised land. We're not, we're not great enough to inherit Canaan. We might as well just go back to Egypt. And so many of us, we don't take ground because we remain in our minds and our beliefs in a pattern that's negative. So what would it look like to ground ourselves this year in godly relationships and godly beliefs? Well, for one, in godly relationships, you're going to find godly relationships in a godly environment. 
You don't find godly relationships in the bar or in the club or in some nasty place where nasty sin is happening. You're going to find godly relationships in an environment where there's godliness, where there's hope, where there's faith, where the word of God is being preached. And then godly beliefs. You find godly beliefs in God's word and in God's house, in church. When you're listening to the word of God, it's renewing your mind. It's saying, yeah, God is able. Yeah, Romans 8.31 says, if God is for me, who can be against me? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and John 3.16 says, God loves me. He loved the world so much, he didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. Someone asked this theologian, Karl Barth, they said, what's the most profound theological, hermeneutical, exegesis, eisegesis, you know, whatever thing you've ever studied? And this was his response. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. They said, Carl, what are you talking about? That's, that's elementary. Come on, we all know it. He said, no, because if I believe that Jesus loves me, then that's the foundation for me to ask him with boldness anything that God's put in my heart to do, anything that God's called you to take ground in. See, your belief either produces boldness or intimidation. If I believe that Ashley loves me, then I have the boldness to ask her for the desires of my heart. If I believe that my dad and my mom loves me, then I have more boldness to come and say, hey, can I get some money? Can I get some help? Can you give me a hand here? I'm struggling, right? If I believe that God loves me, then I have boldness to come into his throne room and obtain mercy in time of need. For you to take ground this year, you've got to believe God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. Even when I'm tired, even when I mess up, there's nothing that could separate me from the love of God. No height, no depth, no sin, no sickness, no demon, no angel. I'm convinced nothing can separate me from his love. If you're going to take ground this year, you must be grounded in godly relationships and godly beliefs. Band, I want you to come up as I get ready to close. Here's what happens. When you get grounded in godly beliefs, it starts producing boldness to come to God with confidence and say, God, I could really use your help this year to take ground in these areas. God, I could really use your help this year to help me find my identity. There were so many cards. We, we, as I was reading these cards, I started noticing strongholds. You know, the powerful thing about reading these cards that you wrote down was that we were able to see what the condition of the flock is. You know, I get to hear from a lot of people different things, but I, I don't get to go to lunch with all of you. I wish I could. But when I started reading these cards, I started hearing, this is where our church is at. And I started pinpointing, I asked our pastors, I said, I want us to pinpoint the top 10 things that people wrote down on those cards. It was amazing how so many wrote down, I need to overcome self-hatred. I'm believing God to take ground over depression this year. You can't take ground until you're grounded in God's word. As long as you keep believing the lies of the devil instead of believing the truth of God's word, you're going to keep holding on to that self-hatred. You're going to keep holding on to that sickness. Maybe God just wants me to be sick. No, he doesn't.
See, it's hard to have faith for something specific if you're not sure if it's God's will. But when you start reading God's word, you start discovering God's will. And you start looking in the New Testament and you start realizing every sick person that Jesus encountered, he brought healing to. And, and one of my favorite healing passages is Matthew 8, verse 1, where this leper starts walking towards Jesus. And it's a sign of his belief because you walk towards someone that you're confident is going to help you. If I think you don't like me, you're just tolerating me, you can't wait till I'm done so you can get out of here, I'm going to be more prone to walk over to this side and preach to these people. But if I think you don't like me, you know, then I don't know who to preach to. I'll preach to the TV audience. But the main thing is you walk towards who you're confident is going to help you. So this leper starts walking towards Jesus. As Jesus is walking down this mountain and there's crowds around him. And for a leper to walk in a crowd was audacious. Lepers lived in their own colony. Even to this day, lepers are uh, exiled to live away from civilization. And yet this leper goes, if I can just get close to Jesus, I think he wants to help me. I believe that he loves me. I believe that he can free me from this oppression from this sickness and just imagine this leper his ear is falling off because leprosy it starts on the inside and then it begins to surface on the outside his nose is falling off his fingers are falling off he's losing skin he just doesn't he doesn't look human anymore but he's walking towards Jesus and he says Lord if you're willing you can make me clean and I love what Jesus does Jesus doesn't just say something to him it says that Jesus reached out and he touched the man. Verse 3. He says, I am willing. If you want to know if it's God's will for you to take ground in an area of your life, Jesus just answered the question for eternity. I am willing for you to be free from that addiction. I am willing to heal you of that sickness. I am willing to set you free from that pornography. I am willing to restore your marriage. I am willing to reconcile you and your family members. I am willing to heal that relationship between you and your mom. I am willing. I am willing. Jesus said, I'm willing. And immediately the leprosy left. Church, I'm convinced for us to take ground, we must be grounded in godly relationships that are going to spur us on to what God's called us to do and in godly beliefs that are going to drive us towards our destiny. Your belief drives your behavior. And if you believe that God is good and you believe that God is for you and you believe that God is with you and you believe that God is in you and you believe that nothing is impossible, then I'm convinced this year you will take ground. If you'll surround yourself with godly people who want to take ground and you'll plant yourself in a godly environment that's going to produce godly beliefs, that's going to drive you to find your identity and find your beliefs and find your convictions in God's word, I'm convinced you'll take ground. These two keys are so vital for you to take ground this year. So the question is, are you ready to get connected to the right relationships that are going to propel you towards your destiny? And are you ready to ground yourself in God's word so that you believe what God says you are, who God says you can be? What God says who he is, what God says that he can do, is doing, and will do, and has done. Get your beliefs founded in his word. Here's what we're going to do, church. Before I dismiss, I think for the next 10 minutes, we need to do something. Something needs to change in our mind, in our hearts, in our lives today. I think this. 
When I read scriptures about how good God is, I either have to believe that that's for me, or I dismiss it and say that's for somebody else. But today, I'm challenging you to grab hold of the scriptures that define God's goodness, that define God's plan for you to prosper this year. And when you grab hold of it, it changes your behavior. Instead of just uh, bypassing a moment to give, you say, you know what, in this moment, because I believe that Malachi 3.10 says, God, God says this, test me in this, try me in this, believe me in this. If you'll bring the tithe into the storehouse, in other words, if you'll give to God 10% of the finances you have, watch what I'll do. I'll open up the windows of heaven. I'll pour out for you such a blessing there won't be room enough to receive it. I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to take care of you. Luke 6.38 says, give and it will be given back to you. Press down shaken together running over and it will be given back to you the measure that you give proverbs eleven twenty four 24 says uh, the world of the generous gets larger and larger but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller when i start believing that god's word is true it changes the way i give it changes the way i receive it changes the way i act it changes the way i believe it changes everything so here's what we're going to do we're going to take a moment to give to god today at the end of your row there's offering envelopes i challenge you Ground your belief in God's word. God's faithful. As you're passing those envelopes down the road, there's a, there's a way to give online. There's a way to give through text message. And as you're doing that, I want to share a story with you as the band and the worship team comes out. There was a young guy named Jose who discovered the power of these two things that I'm talking to you about today. The power of grounding yourself, establishing yourself in godly relationships and in godly beliefs how it can transform your life. So Jose, his dad was a drug dealer, one of the top drug dealers in Tulsa. Got convicted, went to prison while Jose was in sixth grade. And what we give towards on a weekly basis helps us do outreach, not just globally, but locally. We send out buses and we send out children's church teams that will go and hold children's church services in apartment complexes and then bring kids oftentimes back here to church, bring the bus bring people on the bus back here to church. So someone knocked on Jose's door over in his apartment complex. And they said, Jose, we're from Victory. We'd love for you to come to church. He said, no, church isn't for me. In sixth grade, Jose joined a gang. He got involved in gang violence because of what was happening in his family. He allowed it to get on the inside of him and he was angry, he was hurting. There was abuse in his home. There was uh, just complete crisis in his home. But they kept knocking and one day, some of Jose's friends came to him. They said, Jose, you've got to come to this victory thing. You've got to come with us. There's girls there, and they're pretty. There's candy there. They're going to give you free stuff. So the girls and the free stuff sold them. And he showed up to church, and he got saved in middle school. Not only did he get saved, but he said, I've got to surround myself with you. I've got to get out of the gang that I've been running with, because he knew that gang is going to lead me down a path, a destination that I don't want to end up. So he cut off the wrong relationships and he started surrounding himself at church. Jose started coming to church every week. Whenever the bus showed up, he was one of the first kids on the bus. I got to get on that bus. He became a thing called LIT. He started serving as a leader in training. And there were all these LITs. They were recruiting teenagers and kids from our city to join the LIT program, leaders in training. Jose started realizing there's a leadership calling on my life. Maybe God's put potential inside me. See, when you're surrounded by godly influences, they start pulling potential that you didn't even realize was on the inside of you. They start putting dreams inside you. They start planting faith inside you. 
Jose started believing it. And the day came where he said, I've got to go to Bible school. So he signed up to go to Victory Bible College. Somebody scholarshiped Jose's way. He was the first one in his family to graduate something after high school. Then God said, Jose, we're not stopping there. We're not done yet. I'm not finished with you yet. Your best days are still in front of you. I want you to go to Oral Roberts University. Jose started dreaming about it. But then you start thinking about where you came from, the tracks you grew up on, the, 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 the opportunities you weren't provided as a child, and you can automatically disqualify yourself from God's plan on your life if you look at your past. But I'm telling you, your history doesn't have to define your destiny. Your past does not have to determine your future. The right connections can send you up on an elevator that you didn't even dream of getting to. So Jose connected with the right people. He started getting his beliefs grounded in God's word. He started giving. He didn't even have a lot of money, but he just started sowing. God, I'm gonna sow towards my scholarship at ORU. The day came where Jose graduated from Oral Roberts University with scholarship. Today, he's a youth pastor in California. Jose Rodriguez came through this church, sat in these seats because he got grounded in godly relationships and godly beliefs. When we give church, we're giving towards seeing our lives restored, our lives healed. We're seeing our lives take ground, but we're also giving towards people that we don't even know on the other side of our seat are going to take ground because of the generosity of this church that provides them a chance to ride a bus, to show up to a children's church service, to be part of a teenage youth group, to have a youth pastor in their life, to be able to do the outreaches that we do, the missions that we do. I can't tell you how many thousands of people have been impacted because of your seed, but I'm telling you this too. What God did for Jose, he can do for you. What God did for Jose, he will do for you, but you've got to ground yourself in God's word. God can, God will, God is. He's the great I am, not the great I was, not the great I will be when you get your act together. He's the great I am. He's my ever-present help in time of need. He loves me, he's for me, he's with me, he's in me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Whew. I'm almost done. Last thing here. Then we're going to worship. We're going we're gonna, to uh, let the ushers receive the offering. We're going to do an altar call because I think there's some people here today that you need to step out of your comfort zone. Your calling is more important than your comfort zone. Your calling is bigger than your approval addiction. You've got to break away from some toxic thoughts, toxic beliefs, and toxic relationships. And today you've got to decide, I'm going to get grounded in God's house with godly people and with godly beliefs because this year my calling is way too important for me to just throw it away out of fear about what they might think or about what I might think or about other people's opinions. There's a story, that tree that I showed you, those trees, the aspen trees. True story, there's 30,000 aspen trees in this area. And in this specific area where those aspen trees are, there's been total wildfires that have come and wiped out these aspen trees, thousands of trees dying that have been wiped out. You can see even the trees laying on the ground. Here's the crazy thing. The aspen tree only grows because of the roots that it's connected to of the other aspen trees around itself. When the wildfires have come and knocked out all the trees, 
the trees grow back because of what's underneath the surface. The same tree that died, it has something left inside of it that begins to sprout back up even after the fire. The devil thought he could have knocked you out, but because you got grounded in God's house, grounded in God's word, grounded with godly relationships, what God did for Job, he can do for you. Double for your trouble. When you thought it was over, God said, I'm just getting started. You thought you walked through a fire you thought you were finished God says get ready get ready get ready get ready get ready you're gonna take crown this year I'm calling you I want you to stand up on your feet all over this place God I thank you right now that you're stirring up faith you're stirring up expectancy you're stirring up action in our hearts God that we don't just hear a message and feel inspired but we apply it to our lives we start connecting ourselves with godly people we start becoming consistent Lord in church and consistent Lord with our beliefs in your word with every head bowed every eye closed in this place and I know there's ushers coming up and down the aisles as the bucket passes, I want us just to stand and we're going to pray together. And worship team, get ready. We're going to go into that song, Nothing is Impossible. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you know something needs to change in your heart, in your mind, in your relationships, I want you to lift your hand up all over this room. You're saying, I've been listening to the wrong voices. I've been believing the lies of the enemy. I've disqualified myself. But today, I am grounding myself in God's word, in God's house, with godly people. I'm going to listen to the voices of faith instead of fear. I'm going to surround myself with people who believe in my death destiny instead of remind me of my history. Today, I'm connecting to the source. With every hand that just raised, I want you to take a bold step from your comfort zone down to this altar and say, today, I'm letting God change me. I'm letting God shape me. I'm letting God recreate me into who he's called me to be, what he's called me to do. I'm surrounding myself today with the people of God. Come on, just 